Okay. This is the Education Doctor Radio Show brought to you by Compass Education Strategies. I am back now to talk with Amy Gruber of SSA TV and Fran Ryan of Rumsey Hall about their survey on the admissions experience of secondary school applicants. Amy and Fran, I want to thank you for joining us on the Education Doctor Radio Show. How are you today? Very well, thank Amy. you, and it's a pleasure to again be on the show. Thank, thank you, you Dr. Pamela, for having us. Okay, thanks a lot, Fran. So I'm happy to have you both on the show and appreciate your time. I know I mentioned earlier how I feel like such a screwed doing this show during the holiday week when there are so many people taking a break, but you guys aren't taking a break, you said, huh? This is admission application time, so I'm counseling families over the phone and by email for through the process as we speak, really. Uh, my own son included, who's applying to boarding school this year. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, that's a, it's an exciting time for sure to go through that process. So I wanted to get started by having you tell us a bit about the background of the survey in terms of how it came about. Amy and I have worked in various capacities over almost two decades, Amy, almost, right? And, exactly. Uh, and we have found our common interest to be uh, focused really on the student's perspective in through the process. Uh, many times the adults in the admissions profession uh, have very set ideas of what works or what doesn't work with kids, and those of us who work on the other end uh, seem to have uh, living uh, living with kids and working with kids have a, a little bit better insight. So we we thought we would find a way to give voice to what the kids are experiencing uh, through the process. Okay, great. Now, well, and I was really struck, um, Pamela, a couple of years ago, um, uh -huh. I interviewed a terrific group of boys um, who were eighth graders at the Town School for Boys in San Francisco, and they had just completed the secondary school application process. Mm -hmm. And so I asked the boys, if you could describe the secondary school application process in one word, what would it be? And here's the list of words. Long, okay. excruciating, arduous, tedious, strenuous, frightening, important. Um, so clearly uh, there were some conversation pieces there in terms of what might have made the secondary school application process a more positive experience for these great young men. Because mm -hmm. surely that's not what the admissions officers on the other end are expecting that process to be like for students. So Correct. And, so and it's not, uh -huh. it's no fault of theirs. They Every school has its system, which they feel is, is quite efficient and kid-friendly. Uh, however, what most admissions folks up until recently haven't really gotten their hands around was the fact that very few kids are actually just applying to one school. The process would be fine if it were just one. But um, exactly. as kids are applying to several schools and nowadays trying to manage several different online accounts or manage paper plus accounts, uh, it, it can be excruciating, long, arduous, as Amy just described from the from the boys, 
And uh, our initial step towards the, the survey was uh, really championing the uh, process as a common process, which uh, we did several years ago, and, and mm-hmm. bringing to light a more standardized approach to the application process. But that's a different topic. Okay, okay, no problem at all, Fran. So if you can just step back for a moment and tell us um, overall what were the questions that were on the survey, and then we can dig a little bit more into some of the findings across those questions. Um, Some basic questions included things like how many schools did you apply to Um, so that we could get a sense of the amount of work that the students are doing. And for Uh um, boarding and day students, it's a a slightly different number. Um, The number of of schools that boarding schools applied to, I think uh, the number of boarding schools that students applied to um, was about five, between four and five, uh, and day Mm -hmm. schools slightly less, which of course makes sense because if you're applying as a day student, it's just the schools within your geographic area. But mm-hmm. but nevertheless, that's the number of applications actually filed. So, you know, you've got to start and look at the, the larger group of schools, too, that were exactly. presumably being considered and think of, you know, just the the amount of research and time mm-hmm. that has to go into um, a, right. a search for a secondary school. Now, and Fran, I don't know if you want to jump in from there, or go ahead, Dr. Pamela. Well, Amy, I wanted to ask a question related to that. Did you also ask about how many schools they visited as well? Because we usually asked many questions about school visits. Role. Yeah, we did ask What's about school say? visits, but not specifically okay. how many they visited. Okay, okay. We also asked the mm -hmm. students about uh, their behaviors uh, outside of the application process, um, how connected they were and in what ways, Um, and uh, through Facebook or texting and using smartphones. And um, not surprisingly, um, over 80% of the students that we surveyed uh, were active with their Facebook pages. a little bit of a split as far as smartphone use. There were about there was 83% of students um, from boarding schools that actively texted, and a little higher for day students or for day school students, uh, 91%. And um, just about half and a little bit more were very active with their mobile phone uh, applications, uh, apps. Really. And uh, so that was to provide the secondary schools. Uh, and families some additional information about what the kids are, what how they're interfacing with the rest of the world. Hmm. Okay. Now, one of the questions I think you did have on there was related to just how students found out about the schools. So can you say a little bit more about that? Uh, yes, in terms of how the, the school list, list was developed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you remember the survey uh, was from the student perspective, and so there may be other influencers here, but this, interestingly, the students um, overwhelmingly felt that they were in the driver's seat in terms of 
developing the list of schools for consideration. Right. Uh, in term for schools that for students that were applying to day schools, 90% um, said that they developed the list themselves. Uh, really? And for boarding schools, it was 79%. And then the second biggest influencer in both cases was parents, both at mm-hmm. 73%. So students and their parents together um, really share the the uh the work of developing the list of schools to research. Hmm. Okay. I think that's interesting in terms of the day school number being so high at ninety percent because it would seem that if they're already at a public school then perhaps the parents would be more the driver in terms of suggesting, you know, another school to consider. But when it's a boarding school, which is further away in most cases, then um, students may learn about that and be more of a driver in terms of whether or not they go. So, I mean, I don't know if those results were surprising to you in any way or expected. Well, it may be that, as as is usually the case, the kids may be much more aware and insightful of, about what's surrounding them, especially the metropolitan areas in in uh, okay here are here are the day schools that I am aware of as a kid, and these are the ones I'm interested. They may be able to articulate that much more clearly than we adults think. Okay, okay, definitely so. I I I can hear you on that because kids do tend to talk to other kids from those schools and may meet them through sports or other types of uh, extracurricular activities and learn about the schools that way within their area. Well, and, and in, in fact, both Dr. cases, go ahead. Oh, I was, I was just going to say in both cases, the uh, the top uh, factors in choosing schools uh, were, number one, academic program. Number two for a day student was close to home. Uh, and two for boarding students was the location or geography of the school. Uh, and then thirdly, in both cases, specific extracurricular activities, not sports. Sports was, was listed fourth in both cases. So, you know, really in, in both cases, for students who are applying to day schools and to boarding schools, the students were focusing first and foremost on the academic programs. Mm-hmm. And, Dr. Pamela, to your point previously, uh, students across the board found that the most helpful information source of finding out about school options uh, was, number one, students, the student knew at the school. So your your point about knowing friends who go to those schools, that's the number one most helpful source that the kids said. Okay. Now, was that true more so for day students or for boarding students, knowing students from that school? We didn't break that down, um, but mm-hmm. it, because it was very uh, almost evenly split across a few different categories. But students I know at the school was 24% uh, of the respondents, uh, which was the the greatest number. Um, okay. Okay. Which of course fits perfectly with today's culture, where the most reliable sources of information are, you know, real sources, not necessarily advertising or, 
you know, what a school might publish in a view book or catalog or, or on their website, but, you know, actual consumers or customers who right. are, are already at the school. Right, right. Now, one thing, as you mentioned earlier about so many students being on Facebook, are they connecting with the schools on Facebook as well? Is that a way that students may be finding out or doing some of their research on the schools is through Facebook? What did you know about that? We asked that that? question, and only 7% of the students reported using Facebook to research or learn about schools, and there are several different dynamics at play, perhaps. Some schools, perhaps, Mm -hmm. are not utilizing their own Facebook pages in a way that would allow students to research um, the schools themselves. Uh, But I think, Amy, we were pretty surprised by that small number. We were, and, and, and I think, you know, schools are, and admission offices are beginning to catch up a little bit there too. Um, just anecdotally this year, I have spoken with a number of, of directors of admission who have dedicated admission staff now, you know, trying to add content to their Facebook page and be in touch with students there because it is a terrific vehicle for communication and can be leveraged, I think, in a, in a very positive way for, you know, both prospective students and admission officers. Well, and at, at the same time, I would say that uh-huh. that's a, a cautionary note to parents to, you know, be sure that, that your son or daughter's Facebook page is entirely appropriate. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're certainly seeing that a lot with colleges as well, noticing what students have on their Facebook page, and that sometimes can play a role in terms of the admissions decision. It may not be the same way with the boarding and day schools, but um, it certainly is a place where parents should be careful and know what their children have posted on those pages. I can tell you firsthand that this, there are some secondary schools that are following the college model and and they are very aware of what potential students or applicants are posting on their Facebook pages. Um, that that really came up in the last year or two for the students I work with um, and the schools okay. that are out there. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. So how else can parents help with this process? I mean, we started to talk about, you know, just kind of knowing what's on the Facebook page and how students are personally branding themselves, how else can parents help with this admissions Well, experience? I think one of the things that, that the survey showed was that, mm-hmm. um, you know, parents can, can definitely play a significant role in terms of helping to organize the process. You did ask one question earlier about how many schools visited, and, and I apologize, we do have that information. For, for day students, it was an average of five with a range of 1 to 12. So 12 is an awful lot of schools visited. Uh, And boarding boarding a range of 1 to 13 with an average of 6.6. So a lot of time is being spent visiting schools. And so for parents to really take an active role in organizing the process, I think is one of the most significant things that, that they can do. Prepare your child for the school visit. 
what should mm-hmm. would they expect? A campus tour, probably. Uh, a tour with a, a student tour guide is the most typical scenario. An interview with the admission officer, and the student should have some context for what would take place in that. Um, interviews are certainly evaluative, but at the same time, they're two-way streets. So a student should always be prepared to ask questions of the admission officer as well, and not surface questions like how many students are here or do you offer soccer, but <laughs> from the website. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Real questions that elicit, you know, the the personality and, and the culture of the school. Um, at the same time, if a certain type of tour guide would enhance the experience, then if the parent can communicate that to the admission office when scheduling the interview, that will enhance the experience. If, for example, you think um, it should be a younger student, you know, if your son or daughter is applying for ninth grade, do you want a ninth grader to give the tour if possible? If your son or daughter is a passionate, you know, artist or or has some other special interest there, perhaps you want to request a tour guide that participates heavily in those programs so that your child can connect with that person because one of the other things that we discovered with the survey results is we all knew that tour guides were important. Mm-hmm. But how important was really made very clear. 89% of the students said that tour guides were somewhat influential or very influential in them deciding whether or not to apply to a school. So school may be a great fit, but if you have a tour guide that's the wrong fit, it may be hard for an adolescent to still consider that the school is a good fit. And on the other side of that, almost a third of those students eliminated a particular school from consideration uh, based on a negative experience with a tour guide. So as Mm -hmm. Dr. Pamela, you asked, what the parents can do following Amy is help try to customize the visit as best possible, make sure they communicate the student's interests and potential interests, and then Mm -hmm. work with the school as best possible. Of course, it's not always going to be possible because of schedules and availability, but Try to maximize that visit as a as a customized visit. Um, and I'll add no, that's in... That's kind of interesting because I almost wouldn't mind if uh, they had a random student and you really get a sense for the school as opposed to having it with someone that's more like them, actually see a typical student. And if it's not a good experience, then maybe that tells you something. Fair point, uh, but I, I think it's much easier to to get greater perspective um, using a, a student who has like interests and then mm-hmm. experiencing campus itself or spontaneously chatting up other kids along the way uh, than to try to recover from perhaps a student who's so unlike the prospective student and then trying to, to make up for that during the school visit. Yeah, Okay. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, you know, one thing, this might take us a little bit off topic, but I hope not too much. Fran, you had mentioned earlier that you're now going through the admissions process with your son, which right. means you now will be writing a parent statement. That's right. And so 
for parents who are listening, I know that many of them oftentimes are just kind of anxious about that parent statement. And if you could tell us a little bit about that. I don't know if there was any question on your survey that even related to that in terms of, you know, if the students helped their parents write it or if they actually saw what their parents wrote about them. Um, right. Um, we didn't ask that. That might be that might be an interesting idea. Um, I have not, I'll confess, I've not composed our parent statement yet. Um, we will do that in the next few days. But, um, you know, as a parent, any parent going through this, there's a lot of anxiety because uh, oftentimes I find parents are seeking some sort of validation of their parenting for all these 14 or 15 years through the process. So mm-hmm. if their son or daughter gets into X school, then they've done a good job. And if they don't, then somehow they failed their child. And, and that's not that's not true at all. Um, exactly. Obviously, a fair representation, uh, but to parents directly, I find that uh, overstating anything is is a danger, um, both mm-hmm. both challenges and strengths. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think most admissions officers are looking for the parent statement to give a little insight on the potential partnership between the family, the expectations between student and parents, and uh, having it it be fair. I've never heard of a parent statement that has completely undermined the rest of the application, um, but uh, we want to make sure that parents are, are being thoughtful with what they write, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good. Very good. Um, what other, you had another, did you have another question related to campus visits that was different than the number of visits at all? Well, the the questions on that topic um, primarily surrounded tour guide experience. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we asked about open houses, which are another type of campus visit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, students tend to feel that open house events are more geared for parents, particularly because they they tend to be organized in a in a way that's a series of presentations often, you know, where right. there are a lot of adult talking heads, you know, mm-hmm. who are standing, standing up in front of people. And um, for most kids, yeah. that's not a useful way for them to learn about uh, a school. And so mm-hmm. open houses that, that got good reviews were ones that incorporated you know, some activity and hands-on experiences. And I would say if I were an admission director again and I was in a, a previous life that I would take this advice and essentially open houses would have two programs, one for parents and one for students. One student right. rather hilariously wrote, um, you know, even the parents were bored at some events. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Wow. Any closing thoughts? We're almost we're right at the end of our show. Any last-minute thoughts or suggestions for uh, I would say for parents? parents, enjoy the process with your kids. You're about to uh, offer them this tremendous opportunity of an independent mm-hmm. secondary school education, uh, and it should be an exciting journey, too, and there are, are many fantastic schools out there, and, and there's never only one school that will be the perfect school. There are there are a number. So 
um, enjoy the journey with your child in terms of the application process and um, learning about schools and opportunities. Okay. Fran, anything I'll, you? I'll add one piece of advice, very concrete to parents. Um, parents, please decide where your child will apply and then let your child choose where to go. Oh, very good. 